The LA Clippers' 11-game winning streak to the Lakers has come to an end after a nail-biting, thrilling overtime game against them. What went wrong for the Clips? Of course, no James Harden still, but the debut of P.J. Tucker, what did they miss? Going to be talking about it all on today's Locked On Clippers. You are Locked On Clippers, your daily Los Angeles Clippers podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Yes, sir. You are locking in with the clips. Thank you for making Locked On Clippers the first listen of your day, your team every day. I'm your host, Darren Vaziri, born and raised in Los Angeles and just beginning my 19th season as a Clipper fan. You can also follow me on Twitter and Instagram at Dime Dropper Pod and subscribe to my own YouTube channel, Dime Dropper, for even more LA Clipper content. Just released a video on Wednesday. Well, Clipper fans reacting to James Harden at the Magic game. Check that out. And Locked on Clippers, free and available wherever you get your podcasts, including YouTube. I want you to let me know what you think the biggest reason why the Clippers could not get that 12th straight win against the Lakers despite having a 19-point first quarter lead at 37-18. to Lakers ended that first quarter on a 6-0 run. And despite the fact that the Clippers were up double digits basically the entire first half, the Lakers had a huge third quarter and looked like they were going to run away with it in the fourth before Paul George's 20-point fourth quarter and late-game heroics, including three free throws to send the game into overtime. And then the Clippers just weren't able to hold on. Remember, they are on a back-to-back. Legs got tired, but Paul George fouled out, and the Lakers kind of ran away with it. Went at 130 to 125. Going to be talking about the game, what went wrong for the Clips, what they were missing, what where Harden and Terrence Mann, where they would have come in in this game, because Ty Lue even said after the game, they asked, when did you think you know James Harden could help in this game? And he said, from the beginning, or for all 48 minutes, including Terrence Mann, he said. So going to be talking about all that but today's episode is brought to you by FanDuel, America's number one sports book. It's a great time to be betting on sports, NFL, NBA, NHL, all going right now. So get on FanDuel, America's number one sports book. Place your bets for how about the Clippers winning the championship? Got James Harden now. Got more stars. Why not? Anyway, let's get into it. Like the Dome. The Clippers lost this one, and it was a tight one. Of course, they started out playing incredibly. Another game where Bones Highland was starting. Of course, no Terrence Mann still out with that ankle injury. No James Harden, who was sitting on the bench. But you did get P.J. Tucker. For the Lakers, no Gabe Vincent, no Rui Hachimura, no Torian Prince, who's been starting this year, and no Jared Vanderbilt. So a couple of big wings gone for them, big forwards. The Clippers obviously don't have their big forwards. Rocco and Nico are now at the door to Philadelphia and senior, if you want to go that far down the line. Surprised we didn't see any Amir Coffee in this one, to be honest. We saw Kobe Brown play instead, probably because we lost bigger forwards, so we wanted to have a bigger forward out there, and Kobe definitely got more size than Amir. 
But we went with a nine-man rotation with P.J. Tucker, Mason Plumley, Norman Powell, and Kobe Brown off the bench. And we got two donuts out of those players. Kobe Brown, who only played in the first half with six minutes, and P.J. Tucker, who played 21. And it's funny because I said one of the things about P.J. Tucker was he often puts up zero-point games. I think I said in the last episode of the one before. First game, zero points. And I thought it was pretty surprising that P.J. Tucker suited up so soon. He just got to the arena on Wednesday night. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Tuesday night. And all of a sudden, in one day, less than 24 hours, he's, he's suiting up for the team. I think it was a little bit out of desperation, given that we didn't have enough bodies. Or if we didn't play him, we would have had to play Musa Diabate. And I don't think Tyloo was very comfortable with that against the Lakers. But the first quarter, I'm just going to start there. Amazing effort by the Clippers defensively. Again, the defensive intensity really high. You had Kawhi guarding LeBron. Paul George guarding Austin Reeves, Russ guarding D'Lo, Zoo guarding Anthony Davis, and then Bones Highland guarding Cam Reddish, who started in place of Torian Prince in this one. And everybody was doing fine. Of course, they were targeting Bones Highland and pick and roll throughout the game. But I think, especially in the first half, Bones really held his own, hedging and recovering. And I think that's something you're going to see this season from the Clippers is not switching Bones onto certain players one-on-one because then they can exploit him, they can overpower him, get him on an island. If he just hedges and recovers, that roller, the guy popping out, is going to be open for a split second, and guys are inclined to throw that pass. But what we've seen is Bones is really good about his anticipation and using his long arms to get into the passing lane and intercept and deflect those kinds of passes. Not to mention that he's quicker getting back than you know certain other players getting put in the pick and roll. So instead of getting him on an island where he has to move laterally, he can just show and then recover and chase. So it might be a little easier for him. And in the first half, we were doing okay. They were getting a good amount of open threes, D'Lo especially. He and Austin Reeves weren't the best to start this game. And the Clippers were rolling on all cylinders. And it starts with the defense creating turnovers. Westbrook really engaged. But Kawhi Leonard offensively was scorching. Coming off of screens, knocking down threes, hitting contested threes, hitting his mid-range. LeBron was guarding him, so I thought it was really cool to see LeBron and Kawhi guarding each other. But LeBron underestimated Kawhi Leonard. I'm going to be real. I've watched every Laker game except the Sacramento one because I was at a Clipper game. And LeBron... I mean, it's the same as the last two regular seasons. He's not playing much defense. He's not really moving much defensively. So when he's following Kawhi Leonard around and he's sagging off significantly because he's usually guarding players like Aaron Gordon, players that can't really shoot the ball. And in the second half, Darvin Ham made the adjustment, moved Devon to Westbrook for that very reason. But he was underestimating Kawhi Leonard and he was just getting scored on left and right. So the Clippers had a great first quarter. They led by 13, 37 to 24. One thing that I felt was interesting, by the way, Kawhi Leonard, 18 points in the first quarter. That is a career high for him in the first quarter. So we saw the best first quarter of Kawhi's career. The Lakers, by the way, completely playing into the Clippers' hands, shooting way too many jump shots, not forcing the ball into Anthony Davis against Zubats, not really putting much pressure on our defense at all, really playing against our perimeter defenders who are locked in to start this game. At the 1 minute and 10 second mark of the first quarter, Kawhi Leonard would come out. 
Paul George would come out at the 47-second mark. So we went with both of them out at the same time again. We started to see that some of the bench issues so far this season have come with having both Kawhi Leonard and Paul George out at the same time. Now, before we got James Harden, I said that I always felt the Clippers need to stagger those two with this team. It was 37-18 to when Paul George came out of the game in favor of the Clippers. By the time they came back in, and they both came back in, at the 7 minute and 8 second mark, and that means we had Russ, Norm, and Bones out there with Mason. Again, three-guard lineup, not enough defense. What is our other option? Maybe more Kobe Brown. And mind you, in this span of time, AD and LeBron are both in the game. So we went from 37 to 18 when PG comes out of the game to 44 to 32. We're still in the advantage. But because Braun and AD are in the game, they cut it from a 19-point uh, deficit to a 12-point deficit. But when 2-1-3 came back in the game at the 7-minute and 8-second mark, we restored order. They restored order. Even though Kawhi only made one field goal in the second, they just allowed everybody else to get more comfortable, played better defense. Russell Westbrook had 8 points in the second, and he was really bullying D'Lo and Austin Reeves. And one thing you knew about Russ was this was a big game for him. He was going to take it personally. This was his first game playing on the Lakers floor, and he was going at Austin Reeves, especially to start the third quarter. And by the way, the Clippers broke even with the Lakers in the second quarter, 24-24. to Not a great quarter, but the fact that they held the Lakers to 48 points in the first half and scored 61 of their own, I'll take that all day. People were talking about Paul George only taking four shots in the first half, but again, Kawhi had it cooking. Westbrook really got going in that second quarter, knocked down a couple mid-ranges, and was getting to the basket. So I don't mind PG deferring a bit. Because there were times later in the game where he turned up. He was still playing good D, though. Doing a good job on Austin Reeves or whoever he had to guard. Had to guard LeBron a couple of times. Did decently as well. Third quarter, though, the Lakers completely turned around their defensive intensity, their energy. And came at the Clippers hard. They tightened up their defense, were playing more physical. And I thought the Clippers got a little stagnant as a result. They didn't move the ball from side to side. Didn't make the defense shift. It was a lot more stagnant. And you know the Clippers have a tendency to go iso ball, and I don't think that's going to change much with James Harden. But you're going to have teams that switch on you or attempt to switch on you because they know that Kawhi Leonard has trouble blowing by bigger guys right now. You saw it against Franz Wagner, and you saw it in this game in the third quarter when the Lakers went with an unconventional, due to the fact that they were missing some of their wings, three-big lineup. Christian Wood, Jackson Hayes, and Anthony Davis. Three guys that so far this season, I know Christian Wood had such a reputation of being a bad defender so far this season. All three of those guys have shown they can move their feet, block shots, and use their length to bother solid perimeter guys. And in the third quarter, Lakers were making a push. Clippers were keeping them at bay. PG came out at the 535 mark of the third quarter. So in the second half, we did stagger. We didn't play Kobe Brown. So he only went eight deep in the second half. And it looked like the Clippers were going to blow it. You know, down by eight in the fourth quarter, Lakers had complete command. Russ had three turnovers in the fourth quarter. And Paul George got the Clippers back in the game. Huge shot after huge shot. Three free throws where Cam Reddish hit him on the elbow. And then in overtime, he fouled out and... Kawhi Leonard, who just wasn't as good as the game progressed. In the first quarter, he was incredible. 
But in the third quarter, he was three for eight, missed a lot of his normal shots, contested mid-ranges, decent looks at threes. I thought he took one or two bad shots. I thought Westbrook took one or two bad shots as well. But for the most part, I thought the shot selection was fine and the shots we created were fine. But I thought our process was a little slower in that second half. But coming up, going to be going more in-depth about the end of that game and the main part of the team that I was really disappointed in in this one. Going to be talking about that coming up. I got to tell you a little something about prize picks. Prize picks is the best daily fantasy entry app around. With the basketball season here, you can now pick combo projections across football and basketball from the Specials League, a league created specifically for combo projections that includes two or more players from different sports or leagues. For example, LeBron and Travis Kelsey at a 10.5 point combo of three pointers made and receptions. This week on Prize Picks, I'm taking Nikola Jokic for more than 10 rebounds. I'm taking Kevin Durant for more than 28 points because right now Devin Booker and Bradley Beal are out. You can make your picks as well. Price Picks even offers a reboot policy so that your entire so that your entire entries stay in place even if one of your players gets injured. For football and basketball games, you have a player who exits the game in the first half and doesn't return in the second. That player is rebooted. Price Picks is the only daily fantasy sports platform with an insurance injury insurance policy which is amazing regular fantasy does not have that just go to prizepicks.com slash locked on nba and use code locked on nba for a first deposit match up to a hundred dollars go to prizepicks.com slash locked on nba and use code locked on nba for a first deposit match up to a hundred dollars Thanks for making Locked On Clippers your first listen every day. Every day or tomorrow on the show, we're going to be going more in depth about the James Harden fit, how it could make the Clippers better, where the problems may be. So much to get into with that move and going to be getting into it on Friday. And in this game, the Clippers absolutely could have used James Harden. It was actually the first game of the season where I felt like we lacked some shot creation. Now, Part of that reason was because we took a defensive compromise. We didn't have Robert Covington, who is not amazing, but good at running, at attacking closeouts and making a play. Now, is he going to shoot a mid-range attack in that closeout? No. It's either a layup or he's going to make the swing, but he does that pretty well. Nico, Rocco, off to good starts defensively this season. I thought that made Bones Highland play a bigger role than he had to, and, and Bones Highland... You know, he started this game. I thought he started really well on both ends of the floor. Had four points, all four of his points in the first quarter and was pretty quiet the rest of the game. And I thought playing alongside our three best players really took the ball away from him and it hurt his rhythm. And that is a little bit of, not a little bit, but one thing I am afraid of when getting James Harden. Because now that you're staggering Russ and Harden, one of them is always going to be in the game. And Bones... Just because he started out the season well catching and shooting from three doesn't mean that he's going to be like that the whole season. I don't think Bones Highland is a guy that's going to be some amazing catch-and-shoot three-point guy. I think he's somebody that is good with the ball in his hands, is maturing in pick-and-roll, a very underrated passer. It's an energizer bunny with the ball in his hands that can play off-ball and knock down catch-and-shoot threes here and there. But if you make him that so much, he may lose his rhythm and then might start pressing a bit. 
And I thought in the third quarter, his shot attempts were weirdly spaced and very diverse, not in the best way. One of them was a catch-and-shoot three. Decent attempt. Pretty early in the shot clock, though, in the third quarter. I'm not, I wasn't a huge fan of it. But you know what? He was, I think, only two for four at the time or something like that. So I had no problem with it. And the Clippers had a bit of a cushion. And then he had a floater in the pick and roll with AD and drop coverage. Really good look. Short floater. We'll make that seven times out of ten, in my opinion. And he missed. And I don't like how, I think it was Bob Myers on the commentary. We had it blacked out here in Los Angeles. But I think it was Bob Myers on the commentary where he was saying, that's where Harden's going to help him. Like, you know, he'll be a guy in the pick and roll. But that was a very good, like, high-quality shot that Bones Highland created off the screen. A little floater from eight feet out, I think that's a pretty decent shot for Bones Highland. I don't think that's something that Harden needs to help him with. If you're thinking that he's an exclusive catch-and-shoot guy, then I guess that's that's something that Harden can help him with. But I don't think that that was a bad shot and a, a, a time to say that. And then there was another time where Bones kind of got tunnel vision. He missed, I think it was Norm in the corner. It may have been Kawhi, actually, in the short corner next to his, on the strong side corner. And he went up for a shot and got blocked by AD. And, of course, in my opinion, if you listen to my own show, Dime Dropper, I think Anthony Davis is the best defender in basketball. And I think even though he had a quiet game in this one, and I say quiet, and he still had 27 points, 10 rebounds, and 4 blocks on 10 for 18 shooting. But what he does is... He has the ability to guard two guys at once in the pick and roll, really show on the ball handler, and be aware and able to intercept any lob. Then he can also guard basically one through five and is an elite rim protector. He's the whole package defensively, and in an era where you are constantly playing pick and roll basketball, he blows up a lot of actions. And I thought that that was part of the reason that the Clippers were struggling that being said, though, the Clippers still scored 117 points in regulation. So even though they had two shaky quarters offensively and parts of the fourth, each each quarter from, you know, the second and third quarter were 24 points scored in each for the Clips. The Lakers outscored the Clippers 39-24 in the third. So let's talk about what happened in the third. I think we just started missing shots. Lakers turned up their intensity, turned up their physicality. Our offense went a little more stagnant. The same off-ball actions we were running in the first half just weren't coming off the same way in the second because the Lakers were playing better defense and we were getting tired. Remember, second half of a back-to-back, high-intensity game. Clippers have been really playing hard. And then you have Kawhi Leonard guarding LeBron for the majority of the game. And LeBron's been more on the ball these last couple of games. So you got him fighting through screens a lot. That's taxing. And then you're asking him to get off and carry our offense with Paul George and Russ. It's, it is taxing, and that is exactly why Nico, Rocco, and then having Terrence were important because against a team like the Lakers and a guy like LeBron, who we've beaten so many times consecutively, a large reason is because we had a bunch of bodies to throw at him around his size, and we didn't have that in this game. That's part of the reason we lost, and I know the Lakers were shorthanded too, I understand. But this is locked on Clippers, so I got to look at things from the Clipper perspective. I'm only talking about beating this Laker team that we played on this night, not the fully healthy Lakers. That's a different matchup. Then you got to throw James Harden in the mix. I'm just talking about in this game, I think Robert Covington and Nicholas Batum make the difference. I really do because you have another body or bodies to throw at Braun and you have a couple more catch and shoot guys and the defense is just better. You don't have those same small lineups with Norm, Russ, and Bones playing together. 
Russ, by the way, two for six in the third. Kawhi, three for eight in the third. Bones, 0 for three in the third. So there you have it. Like the starters just didn't shoot well. And I think we were generating pretty decent looks. It didn't feel like we were generating good looks when I watched the game in live time. But then I watched the uh, the play-by-play kind of thing with the video. Rewatched the tape in slow-mo. We still got a lot of good looks. We were running that double drag a lot and expect to see that a lot with Harden, which is Russ coming to set a, set a screen and popping out, and then you have the big setting a screen right after it, and the little stagger screens. Zoo rolling to the basket. So you get the ball handler going downhill with two options. Running that a lot with Kawhi at the controls, but in the second half, I thought Kawhi was not turning the corner the same way. And when the Lakers went with that three big lineup, he was really struggling to get by anybody. And I've, I've said this several times over the last year and a half that Kawhi does not have the same burst. He'll get by really slow guys, or if he's unconscious and guys are getting too close, he might be able to turn the corner. But he's not as good turning the corner as Paul George. And you were seeing that when they were doing that double drag action, and it wasn't really creating much in the second half. But I still think we were getting decent shots. I really do. An issue, though, again, just like the Utah game, and in my opinion, this is the biggest reason we lost, we don't, we're not getting anything from our bigs on the same night. And that's an issue. Zubats, again, go playing soft, getting blocked at the rim, not giving us much defensively, no blocks, not altering many shots. Of course, the Lakers were trying to put Bones in the pick and roll more because they know he's the weak link in this game. And Bones played 34 minutes. That's a lot for him, and that's not the role he's supposed to play. He's only doing that because we're, we don't have Terrence or James Harden. Four points, five assists on two for seven shooting and 0 for three from deep. I don't think Bones was a liability defensively, but in the fourth quarter, you could see that the Lakers were targeting him. And again, I don't think Bones Highland should really play in the last eight minutes of a, of a playoff game. He's not there for that. He's there when Russ is out to handle the ball. But again, his role has completely changed now that we have Harden, so he's not as important for the team. I was just invested in his development, and I really wanted him to... And I'm not saying he can't develop a little bit being under the wing of Harden and Westbrook, but I, the best way to develop to me is reps. Reps at a high level. And he was playing with such great confidence. I think this was probably his worst game of the season. But he's playing in a role that he's you're asking too much of the guy. But if it's a Zubats, he's our starting center. He's got seven points and nine rebounds. Three for eight from the field. All of his disguised shots come in the paint. One for two from the foul line. And again, I'm a huge Zoo defender. But when he's not creating, LeBron's putting him in the pick and roll in the fourth quarter. There's not much going on for him. He's not catching the ball. His hands are becoming a real issue. And I get it. Westbrook fizzes passes at people. You know, he puts a lot of pace on them. But some of them are really good passes and he's got to catch them. There was one time where Paul George even passed it to him on a roll and he tucked his hands as if the pass wasn't even intended for him. And Paul George gets a turnover for it. That's Zoo's fault. Catch the ball, bro. You might take a bump. You're 7 feet, 280 pounds or something. Zoo, I'm really starting to doubt. Maybe with Harden it changes because you just have more talent now. But had we kept the team together, Zoo may have not been good enough to be a starting center. Because he's so inconsistent. And again, it's not a skill deficiency. It's all mental. And I also think the team, when they see him playing that way and not catching the ball, they go away from him. And at times when the Lakers were switching a lot in the second half, guys like Cam Reddish would be guarding Ivica Zubats. And we wouldn't even look at him. And there's a couple of times, right, where Russ is being left open and he's going to attack the space. And I've been said, attack the space, drop it off. The thing is, when he's dropping it off and it's in traffic, Zoo has shown he doesn't get off the ground. 
very well, one. He doesn't go up quickly enough when he gets the ball underneath. And, of course, it's congestion because Westbrook's not a shooter. It makes things tough. And coming up, going to be talking about what we missed and even more specifically how it went wrong as the game progressed. Going to be talking about that coming up. I got to tell you a little something about FanDuel. FanDuel is America's number one sports book. And right now, it is the place to be. Right now, new customers get $150 in bonus bets with any winning $5 Moneyline bet. That's $150 if your team wins. If you've been thinking about joining FanDuel, there's no better time to get in on the action. The NHL, NFL, and NBA seasons are all in full swing. So why not place your bets on the LA Clippers who now have the fifth highest odds in winning the title, even higher than the Warriors and the Lakers at plus 1,300 behind the Suns, Nuggets, Bucks, and Celtics. Where you bet? make that bet? FanDuel. The app is so easy to use. There's a wide range of betting options, including spreads, player props, over-unders, and more. So visit FanDuel.com slash locked on and kick off the NFL season. FanDuel, official partner of the NFL. All right, so a thrilling game. Clippers losing at 125 to 130. Ivica Zubats wasn't the only big man who I thought did not play well in this game. Mason Plumley, two games in a row, not very good. And right now, we are teetering on, potentially calling him a defensive liability. He gets the corner turned on him a lot when he hedges on the screens. When he switches, he's food, even though we don't try to switch him at all. But when it's the occasional switch in transition or he's cross-matched, he's food. And then he doesn't protect the rim at all. I'll give you some stat for you. When Zoo came out of the game, I want to say it was the third quarter because he picked up his fourth foul. He came out of the game in the third quarter at the... 8.04 mark. We were winning by 9. 72-63. By the time he comes back in to start the fourth quarter, we're down by 2. 85-87. So right there, you have a pretty big swing. A 9-point swing. Actually, an 11-point swing. So that tells you a lot about Mason Plumley in his minutes. Now, granted, he's not playing with great defensive lineups, but he came in at the eight-minute mark of the third quarter. So he was playing with Paul George and Kawhi a good amount. Now, of course, Kawhi came in for Paul George with 8.17 left in the game. And then PG came right back in at the 6.07 mark. But Mason Plumley was giving him nothing. Ivica Zubas was giving us nothing. And Anthony Davis, Christian Wood, Jackson Hayes, these are the catalysts for the Laker run, the bigs. And one thing that I thought was not good for the Clippers was the pace wasn't the same as the other games. And I think that's because they were struggling to get stops in the second half. The Lakers had 23 fast break points to our nine. And they're a team that plays much slower than us. Much slower. So that's no good. The Lakers were the team that was turning the ball over left and right in the first half. Second half, we were turning the ball over too much. 
14 turnovers for the Lakers in the game, 13 for the Clippers, but 23 points off our turnovers. And you know why that's not good? Because the Clippers, again, had a good three-point shooting game. 41% from three, 14 for 34 from deep, and 47.5% from the line. And we shot nine more shots than the Lakers. But they shot nine more free throw attempts. And I thought the officiating wasn't very good in this game. I thought we got some rough calls. But at the end of the day, I don't think that's one of the reasons why we lost. Lakers shot 27 for 36 from the line. Clippers shot 17 for 27 from the line. So I think one of the big reasons Clippers lost, free throw shooting. 63%. Lakers, 75%. And one of the guys I got to blame, Kawhi Leonard. Three for six on the foul line. What was that all about? There was a possession... A stretch where he missed two in a row. That is just rare. But Russell Westbrook, got to talk about this as well. He was too reckless in the fourth. And this is why I have my reservations with Russ closing games. He just goes a little too erratic. I know he had a lot on the line in this game. He wanted to prove a point. But he had three turnovers in the fourth. One of them, he just tripped on LeBron's foot. I think it could have easily been a foul. I know people were clowning him on that. I think that one, though, he was going to come off stagger screens from Paul George and Kawhi, and he rejected him to try to get downhill because he saw the right lane was wide open. The thing is that the guy he was turning the corner on would have been LeBron, who you know was going to try to time a little chase down off the glass pin action. I think at that moment, Russ needs to just realize, look, man, maybe you can turn the corner on LeBron, but you should probably give the ball to Kawhi or Paul. You should. And three turnovers in the fourth is sketchy. We were down 102 to 110. And by the way, another thing that really hindered our half-court offense, and it's still, again, Norman Powell, who missed a lot of open threes, by the way, 0 for 4 from deep, got good looks all game, could not knock him down, but he was 6 for 10 from 2. So I liked his floaters, attacking guys off the dribble. That was all good. Defense, not bad, but the thing is when he was in certain lineups that just he wasn't surrounded by good defenders. Of course, he's not going to look that much better. But the lineups with Zoo, PJ Tucker, and Russ, I think we got to like never have that. Because three guys, even if you go back to the 90s, three guys who can't shoot consistently from the mid-range, who are all chilling around the same spot, that is going to make it tough for anyone to score. In my opinion... Zoo and Russ should never be in the dunker spot at the same time when Kawhi or Paul are dancing at the top because it's so easy for teams to load up on that. So easy. If they're, Kawhi and Paul are on the wing or the elbow, then maybe you can have one guy on either block on the dunker ready for a dump off. But when they're both sitting down there with PJ and Kawhi up top, it's no good. And so as I'm saying, Russ, PJ, Zoo lineups, bad. But Westbrook overall, I don't think he was bad he was still pretty good but the turnovers in the fourth quarter were a little costly pg got us back in the game 20 points in the fourth quarter knocking down shot after shot thought the lakers gonna choke it lebron had a really good fourth quarter by the way just knocking down shots and look he was due i know he had that 46 point game last season but it didn't scare us at all this game he finally won the game against us so again he was due for a great game lebron against the clippers one that actually impacted the win so, and one that he actually closed better than our guys. So, and he did in this one. I'll give it to him. And AD really grew into the game too. His de- impact on defense is absolutely felt with his shot contest, his ability to switch. But Russ, PJ Zoo lineups, they were just tough. And this is a game where absolutely you could say you could miss Harden. 
Now, in my angle of not wanting Harden, I, I think you put Roko and Batum on this court, Clippers win. No problems. Because he puts everybody back in their normal spot. I'm not even saying Terrence. Just Roko and Nico. But anyway, overtime. Paul George fouls out. Zubats is giving you nothing. You tried Bones Highland. He's getting attacked in the pick and roll. Then you try P.J. Tucker. He's giving you no spacing. LeBron's attacking both in the pick and roll. LeBron got a couple of hard drives to his right against P.J. throughout the game. P.J. thing about Tucker is he was always an amazing offensive rebound D toughness guy. But now he's not nearly as good defensively. He's good against bigger forwards. But against quicker guards, he's going to get torched. And offensively, he's old. He's not as good as he used to be. A lot of games where he's not a factor offensively. And we know we have two bigs that can't shoot. Put Russ in there when teams aren't respecting him. It's going to be tough. Westbrook, by the way, is shooting 39% from three so far this season. So, again, if they're not off the dribble, I think you should keep letting them fly until his percentage goes down. Catch and shoot. Why not? But in the fourth quarter when PG got fouled out, I knew that was kind of it. Clippers struggled to guard without fouling all game. Got to be better about that. But Kawhi's turnover when Reeves stole the ball or, or, and got the lob to LeBron, that was big. It made me feel like the game was over. And I thought Kawhi just ran out of legs. He was 5 for 14 after the first quarter. He was guarding LeBron, so it was tough for him. We're asking a lot of the guy. But Kawhi did still make a push. Eight points in the overtime. And and won a big step back three against AD in the first bucket of the OT. But two missed threes right before that and one by Kawhi, wide open. And then Bones and Russ both, both missed back-to-back threes in the last minute. And that was all she, she wrote. So moral of the story, look, the Clippers are shorthanded. They're missing two guys that will probably close. James Harden will definitely be good for closing. Do you close with Russ? I mean, I don't trust it. I really don't. I think he's fantastic. With the last five minutes, he makes me a little nervous. Whether we had Harden or not. So we missed that. The bigs, they just got to be better. They really got to be better. Having Terrence Mann, of course, makes a difference against guys like LeBron, Austin Reeves, and also it lets Kawhi and Paul George not have to do too much offensively. Now, granted, or I'm sorry, defensively. Now, if Harden's coming, or when now that Harden's here, are Kawhi and Paul George just going to have to play better defense and guard those better players more? I think the answer is yes. Is that going to be okay with them? I don't think, actually, I think it's going to be okay with them, but is that going to be good? Are they going to run out of gas at the end of the games? I don't know. That remains to be seen. And coming on Friday, we're going to talk about it more. You can follow me on Twitter and Instagram at Dime Dropper Pod. Subscribe to my own YouTube channel, Dime Dropper, for even more LA Clipper and LA Sports content. Oh, I should read some of the lines. Paul George, 35 points. What an amazing start to the season for him. Six rebounds. He's been great in every game. Two steals on 11 for 16 shooting. And get this, 66%. From three, six for nine, and seven for eight from the foul line. He's been incredible. Kawhi Leonard played 41 minutes. That's a lot on a back-to-back. So, again, I really admire Kawhi. Okay, he went colder as the game went on, but he was inc- he was awesome, and I think he looks really good right now. 30, and he guarded Paolo Bencaro and LeBron as primary defender two games in a row. That's, that's more than I'm even asking for, and more than I think that's good for this team. 38 points, 6 boards, 5 assists, 2 steals on 15 for 28 shooting, 5 for 11 from 3. With the free throws, 3 for 6, no good. And Zubats, by the way, not shooting one from the line so far this season. 1 for 2 from the line. Mason Plumlee, 3 for 6 from the line. 1 for 3 from the field. 5.6 boards for him. 
Norman Powell, 12 points on 6 for 14 shooting, over 4 from 3. Russell Westbrook, the last one, 24 points, 11 rebounds, 8 assists, 4 steals. So again, besides getting lost off ball like once or twice, I thought he was really solid. But the turnovers, especially three of them coming in the fourth quarter, is no good. And I don't like him in the dunker spot with Zoo when Kawhi and Paul George are isoing at the top. Don't love him closing, but I thought he was pretty good. I think the bigs were not nearly good enough. Clippers are clearly shorthanded and missing things because they gutted their team in a certain aspect that hurt them tonight or on Wednesday night because the Lakers are a big team at the forward spot now, which is exactly the advantage the Clippers, funny enough, had against them in the past where our wings are, were just too big, they had too many smaller guards, couldn't handle us defensively, and we were too good for them offensively. So... Clippers lose it 130-125. to 125. The Lakers break the 11-game losing streak. AD had 27-10. and 10. LeBron, one of his best games against the Clippers as a Laker, if not his best, 35 points, 12 rebounds, 7 assists, a steal, and 2 blocks on 13-for-19 shooting, 4-for-8 from 3. The Lakers move on to 3-2. The Clippers are now 3-2, 3-0 at home, and 0-2 on the road for both teams. The Clippers are in action on Monday. They have a four-day break before they play on Monday at New York against the struggling New York Knicks at Madison Square Garden. James Harden should be making his debut. We'll see how that goes. But we have an episode about James Harden on Friday and his fit with the team. The age-old proverb continues. Go Clippers. Make sure you hit the comments, hit the notification bell for all things LA Clippers five days a week. Peace.